Good morning, Richmond. You are listening to another episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania, where Jesse, Fran, and myself, Melissa, talk as much as we can (laughs) about the potential north of broad development. So no clicks, pops, weird sounds, or anything this week. We've got a packed conversation for you. So sit back, sip that tea, and enjoy. Today we're going to go through the, well, we're not going to call it the Coliseum development <laughs> for as much as we want to. Um, bad old habits, I guess. Die hard. The North of Broad development. Oh, fancy. Super fancy. It, yes. it doesn't North, just include... North, North of Broad Downtown Neighborhood Redevelopment Project. Oh, dear. Go ahead. I'm going to keep calling it North of Broad. <laughs> Let's just make it ultra complicated, <laughs> Maybe just we? knob. Knob. <laughs> Welcome to Knob. Welcome to Knob. So first of all, this um, was something that started in 2017, just kind of give, start with the backstory of it, is that Tom Farrell, the CEO of Dominion, was talking about wanting to redevelop some space in this north of Broad area. Specifically, this includes the Coliseum, which is a point of contention for a lot of people because who that Coliseum needs some work. It is a giant brown turd of a mothership. Hmm. The aliens are coming for it us. It is rough. What happened, though, was uh, that conversation started, and then in November 2017, an RFP was issued. So that was basically a document that says this is the things that we're looking for. It, it's we're soliciting an open call for anybody to apply to this. And at that time, Mayor Stoney said that this is going to be a competitive process because there were concerns raised from people like, well, if Tom Farrell's already talking about this, uh-huh. well, how competitive is it going to be? Uh-huh. So... The RFP got posted, and it specified the locations and things that they wanted done and the areas they wanted addressed, but it also had certain goals. And so before we kind of dig into, like, what the proposal ends up being, the goals of the RFP that they said they wanted accomplished by whatever development proposal they got were they wanted to support the master plan. They wanted a new tax base. They wanted poverty mitigation, uh, job training opportunities for people, community revitalization, infrastructure improvements, sustainable development, Richmond Public Schools should see a benefit. It should enhance the city brand and it should support minority businesses. So any proposal that comes through that addresses the locations should definitely incorporate all of those items as as benefits and side benefits of the project and even just goals in general. So then this proposal, there are public meetings by a company that is backed by Tom Farrell in mm. January 2018. This would be the Nonprofit Development Group, NH District. And they submitted a proposal in February 2018 and it turned out it was the only proposal. Of course. And the goal now is, I I believe it was in June of this year, uh, they said that they were entering negotiations. The city was entering negotiations to come up with a finalized proposal, basically saying, hey, this is what you proposed, and now this is what we're trying to push back on. And the goal is to have city council approve a plan by December 1st of this year. And then development would be able to start in 2019 as phase one, and then it goes forward with, like I think, phase two in a 2020 timeframe, and it goes forward. So at this point, we have details about a proposal because of a Richmond Times dispatch reporter, Mark Robinson. Hey. Hey, dude. Thanks for that FOIA. Yeah, killing it with FOIA over here. He got some details about it. So we don't have really the comprehensive, uh, what is this really going to look like? But we have enough information, I think, to ask questions and make comments on you know what we see so far and what we're excited about and what we want addressed as, as a common public. We'll attempt to have educated comments, promise. Yeah. 
Okay. Say. We'll see where it goes. I so, ain't making no promises. Go ahead. <laughs> so <laughs> in phase one, uh, and there's not really a clear direction other than Mark wrote it in a certain order, but there's not an indication of what comes first, second, third kind of a thing. But there's some things that you could probably assume would have to come first, I guess. Part of the project would include um, a Hyatt that has 527 rooms. The cost would be 230 a night. They'd have two restaurants there. It would also include a rehabilitation of the Blues Armory, which flashed back that used to be sixth street marketplace mm-hmm. um and the blues armory would have on the first floor a local food market with maybe like an elwood thompson's kind of feels what the thing said mm-hmm. second floor would be like a music club and then on the third floor would be conference space for the hyatt so the blues armory would actually connect with the hyatt um, as a fun sub note they actually indicated that there would be no historic tax credit sought for this, which I actually kind of did a double take because, like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you on a historic building? So, yeah, that was another question that arose for me. I will mention that in some of my research I've done, it was indicated that when they first did Sixth Street Marketplace, they sought historic tax credits, and that was included in the original um, financial plan and package. Mm. And once they got started, the tax credits got denied. Ah, so they know they can't get it. So I don't know if they know. I'm assuming they probably have some concerns i couldn't find information about why they were denied back then Mm. um but it sounds like the good news is that that might i'm assuming that's probably why so then they also want to raise lee street so in that weird like horrifying dip area it is so strange whoever came up with that idea shame on them that whole are you sure it was a a whole idea or was it just like Being totally like, this would be nice to have a roller coaster right here. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it might be pretty cool for sledding. Yeah, it, yeah. Skateboarding. Mm. So, Raisley Street. So, like, let's all remember that might go back to, like, the infrastructure updates. Because that would right. be yeah. that would be kind of nice. So, then they would also, the public safety building that's downtown there, um, they would actually, that would no longer be the public safety building. It would become, they would get rid of it. It easily. needs to be gotten rid of. It's crumbling down. There's nothing safe about the public safety building. <laughs> but it would become a VCU medical office building. Don't we have enough of those? Then, uh, they, say that, sorry. <laughs> they also would get rid of, I believe, the Department of Social Services building that's also right there. Yeah. And then side also in that, the GRTC transfer station that it's technically supposed to be a temporary transportation, ter- ugh, so temporary transportation, whatever, transportation, station. would also be gone. So it's been one temporary for so but well, where are they going to temporarily move it to? So that, They're just going to fold it right on into the pulse. Y'all go drag the pulse. That's, that's what they're doing. So that's where um, questions start. Of There's not an indication of the stuff we have now of where would the offices that are in public safety go, which I think Melissa had some information I on do. what's in there. Um, I do have some information on that. It is not the public safety building anymore, even mm-hmm. though it's the public safety building. They've moved around the corner to 11th Street and East Broad Street, respectively. Um, but what is in the public safety building right now is the adult drug court and um, an organization called Roots, which is an organization committed to improving the quality of life for citizens who are re-entering society um, after a period of incarceration, um, and they're trying to reduce recidivism and enhancing life skills. So that's a really good you know, organization that's there, but where are they going? And then also the temporary cold weather overflow shelter, shelter, which right. is the homeless shelter. And basically. that was supposed to be temporary as of the year 2013, 2014. And we're in 2018 and it's still, still being it. used and it's still sucks. I mean, it sucks that that building in general um, is disgusting. It is falling apart. It's got it's full of mold and asbestos, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's really crappy that we think it's OK to put the least of our citizens into that. And 
Yeah. So I, yeah. I'd be happy if it was gone. But where are those things going? And those are things that are very right. central to that area because there's no mention of like City Hall going anywhere else. There's no mention of the John Marshall Court building going anywhere else. And these are services that are definitely related. So the big question I have is where are these people going to go? Also, the social services building is included in this as well because it's right behind um, the transfer hub area. Um, and right now that houses the Center for Workforce Innovation more commonly known as the Office of Community Wealth Building. Mm-hmm. Well, where are the plans for that to move? Because as far as I know, City Hall is jam-packed. Yeah. Full of offices already. So where's that going? So that is a, a big question. Where are the businesses or agencies that are already in those buildings, uh, where are the plans to move them? Yeah, and there's some illusion in the plan of like a new transfer station, which is something that I think would be great. Mm-hmm. But it's a That's question so of we, we, we still don't have answers on where. at this point. So then also it would have um, 176,000 square feet of commercial space and 110,000 would be for new eateries. So restaurants that would be built. And then also 2,800 apartments, uh, 535 of them would be built in the first phase. And of the 2,800, less than 10% would be considered for or earmarked for specifically affordable housing. Now the- So three of them, okay. It was something like, I want to say it was- 400 or something. Like 400. It was it was way less than that. And the actually, developer said it. that they would accept section 8 vouchers. Mm, okay. Yeah, it was something like a 200 amount, which is still not great. Out of 2800, and if you're trying to do a truly mixed income development, that's not going to be truly mixed income now so then let me get really quick to phase two so then phase two all the details we have that there's two city-owned parking lots that they would want to turn into housing and street level retail so not a lot of details on phase two but they're not going to be taking our city council parking lot wait a minute housing and street street level retail i mean we got empty buildings right now on broad street that needs some street level retail So that's right now the proposal we're looking at. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's talk about the financing really quick before we get into like, before we get too far into the like, but what about dot, dot, dot. Sorry. I know. I can't help it. Sorry. No, no, we're all there. (laughs) All right. Here's a, the more you know moment. It's time to learn about the TIFF. So TIFF. One F, not two for all you computer people out there. Mm -hmm. No Tiffany Trump here. Okay, so it stands for tax increment financing and is a public financing method that is used as a subsidy for redevelopment, infrastructure, and other community improvement projects. The routine yearly increases district-wide, along with any increase in site value from the public and private investment, generate an increase in tax revenues. This is the tax increment, which is part of TIFF. Tax increment financing dedicates tax increments within a certain defined district to finance the debt that is issued to pay for the project. TIF was designed to channel funding towards improvements in distressed, underdeveloped, or underutilized parts of a municipality where development might otherwise not occur. Hmm. So, TIF creates funding for public or private projects by borrowing against the future increase in these property tax revenues. Oh, dear. Municipalities typically divert future property tax increases from a defined area or district towards an economic development project or public improvement projects in the community. TIF subsidies are not appropriated directly from a city's budget, but the city incurs loss through foregone tax revenue. Um, TIF subsidies uh, are typically used for projects in cities and counties to relieve blighted areas and can be used for public projects such as city halls, parks, libraries, etc. Um, the definition of blight 
though, has taken on such a broad inclusion of nearly every type of land, including farmland, and it's caused criticism of TIFFs because of this. Mm. Um, also, just FYI, libraries and city halls are not what's being proposed here. No. It's not necessarily like a public good need that this TIF is being proposed for. So what I think we could probably is like summarize like a TIF in the situation because the way they want to use it is create a TIF district using two Dominion energy towers and the property tax that's rev- that's generated from those towers. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that over a 30-year period, um, there would be $165 million in flat revenue from those two buildings that it's to the city to basically pay for the financing of these projects. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that that freezes the property tax. Right. So even the benefit to like a Dominion would be that like, hey, here's the good news is that it freezes and caps this. But what you can lose out on revenue as a city over time because eventually the property value is going to increase. It's going to increase. And then how then the point of like having property tax increase is that you have to be able to pay for aging infrastructure that ultimately generates from having more people down there and all of these different things. And if you're doing this, though, you're relying on um, the repayment of all of this coming from the adjacent properties that are within this TIF district. So you almost have to assure that successful developments are going to come into that area. Otherwise, it fails. It just falls apart. So to dig in a little bit onto like the two properties, the two Dominion Towers. So one of them is currently being built and is slated to open in 2019. The other one, they're not going to decide until the end of the year next year. Um, It's the James Center, I believe. Is what we're calling it, One James Center Place? Yeah, OJRP. That would be One James River Plaza. There we go. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> so that one, they're not going to decide if they want to renovate it or take it down and replace it until the end of the year next year. They're tearing it down. They're, listen, they're tearing it down. The other thing is, though, is that this TIF is not projected to start yielding property tax revenue until 2021, huh. at least according to the documents we've read from, like, Mark Robinson. Right. And it's slated to start as early as 2019. Right. So that's my first question. We're borrowing two years ahead? Okay. Like, that's where I'm like... That's some trigonometry for you. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like, let's use that one as the first wait. I don't get that moment. That's kind of weird to me. I guess I feel like, well, we said we're going to do it, so... I mean... It's weird. That's borrowing against money you don't even have yet. And so then my next question the Bill's going to be there. Don't get me wrong. It's coming. But still, like... Well, the question, I think, when we're talking about financing and, like, the concerns that we might have about the financing of this project is, A, the gap. So Mm -hmm. this TIF is projected to really start bringing in tax revenue in 2021, but some of this development starts in 2019. So when are we going to have to start paying these bonds back, and where is that money coming from? My second part of that question, part B of my finance questions, Mm -hmm. is right now one of these towers already exists. Yes. There's already property taxes that are being generated from this existing tower. So when we're concluding these two towers in the TIF, what is the true net increase in property tax? Because this whole thing is kind of predicated on the idea of like, well, this isn't money that like technically the city already has. This is going to be brand new. It's not taking away money from the city. But if you already have some level of however many million that the current building is generating, you know, I don't want to talk about the gross tax that's going to be coming from this. It's really the net tax. Yes. And Ultimately, like, what what does that really mean? Because are we going to end up having a place where we do get negatively hurt on other city services because we're saying both of these things are in its entirety in this TIF? Hmm. Yeah, that was that was. There we go. <laughs> Ooh, that was rough. <laughs> <laughs>
But then I think also a lot of people are probably going to have a concern around, you know, the CEO of Dominion is the person behind this. And obviously there is a t benefit of Dominion's towers having a, a basically a, a freeze on their property taxes over time, but then also being able to financially other companies benefit through this, which for me, you know, obviously there's issues people might have about Dominion's dirty money. But then also I just question regardless of what the company is, are we going to end up in another Philip Morris situation or Altria situation where they're in control like so for example if in the next how however long you know oh well this tower the second tower that we want we've already alluded to the fact that like hey it's not 100 percent committed what we're going to do with it no matter what we think but could they be used could that ultimately come a power play down the line by having one company have such right an investment mm -hmm. so that's actually one of the main criticisms of the tiff process in general is that it leads to favoritism for politically connected developers, corporations, the attorneys involved, economic development officials, whatever, whoever has their fingers in the process, that TIFs kind of historically benefit these mm -hmm. folks and then they can use that to gain favor later. Which I think brings up a- No, uh, politicians don't do that. No, and corporations donate money to politicians out of the goodness of their heart. Exactly. Right, yeah. Duh. So I think that brings up a good question though that I also have of, you know, when we say this is going to be a competitive process, there's there's only one application to the RFP. You know, I'm not going to, I mean, we could all sit here and jump into the, like, this is a conspiracy boat. This right, is intentional. We could definitely get I there. I fold my tinfoil into a yeah, hat. Like, Let me take your hat away. Um, <laughs> so, but my bigger thing is, is, you know, what is the role of a city government? Should Should the city have been prospecting other companies to come in here? and say, and how, how do they advertise the RFP? That's honestly something I don't know. And I don't either, so if anybody does know, please let us know, because it's a gray area. That's a good question. Here's my, here's my um, tenfold alert, here, here it comes. So even if, you know, of course it looks a little shaky because we only got one response to the RFP, but let's say, let's just look at the money that's in Richmond. Who's got the money? Where's it coming from? So it's either going to come from Dominion. It's either going to come from Altria. Um, it's either going to come from, you know, now we're going lower into the depths of dirty money. I mean, how many places... Mm -hmm. Do we really have? We're not pulling from, I think, Jesse, you and I were talking about, you know, last night. You're not, Amazon isn't running to throw money at us. It's the same companies every time. And that's why we have so many conspiracy theorists that are like, oh, they run everything. Well, they're pretty much the only money that's here that can afford to put that kind of RFP out. So unless we get creative and start thinking about, I mean, I'm not saying, look, And that's, hey. that's where I say, though, is that, you know, should the city be getting creative? Are there other cities that are getting creative where we're looking outside to. of our, our standard stalwarts mm -hmm. that are here, where we say, for example, I think we were talking about this the other day of Jim Jones. Mm -hmm. If anybody didn't know, he has an arena football team in Richmond, mm -hmm. in the Coliseum. In the Coliseum. You Nobody know, approached him. That we know of, at least. Yeah. I mean, you know, why, why are we are we advertising these things? How are we contacting people that have connections? You know, I mean, the, there's other people that are, even the nonprofit center. You look at the Masseys. Mm-hmm. You know, are there conglomerates or are there people that could say and ask their other big name friends? Yeah, shout and out say, Maureen. Hey, girl. And ask the question of, is anybody else interested in this? Because, yeah. you know, for me, I, I just, I it's hard for me to get to a place where we say, this is the best decision for Richmond. When wh What are the alternatives? Mm -hmm. There are none currently. Well, we have alternatives. It's just that we don't actively seek them out for things. Right. We're not doing that. We're just throwing the RFP out, which is... Request for proposals, in case anybody didn't know. We're throwing it out there, however we're throwing it out there. Mm -hmm. We have a set time. And then 
once the one proposal comes in, that's it. Like that's just it. Yeah. And, and no, I think no that, competitive. Yeah. And I think that's something we also should be talking about is I feel like I'm about to have one of those word problems from like an SOL or something oh, where it's no. like Let you me know get those, my pen out. So you Hold know those on. like logic problems where it's like there's always that one weird answer that's like it could you be don't, C, but it, well, it's probably not. Or there's not enough information to solve this problem. Oh God. Okay. Those are the word problems I'm thinking of because that's how I kind of feel about this. Yeah, there really is not. There's not enough information because – and I don't even mean just like, well, we don't know the specifics of the TIF or we don't know the specifics. I mean this is extra property tax money that at least one of those towers we already know is coming into the city. If we don't go through with this type of a plan, what what could the city do with that money? You know, if we don't go through with all of this development or if we don't go through with any of this development, you know, what's the plan for that money? We already are in the middle of having a school funding plan that has to be proposed by Stony of fully funding the infrastructure schools mm-hmm. by January 1st, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And this timeline, they want this approved by December 1st. To me, I just, I personally feel like, and you know, there are other resolutions out there that might get something, a school funding plan and more of a discussion in October timeframe. My biggest thing is that, you know, I can't look and see, well, it's A, B, C. It's just, do you want A, yes or no? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and I think it's hard to say, yes, there's stuff in here that's good. Like we could point to the GRTC transfer plaza. We could t- point to different maybe office buildings that have ours that might get moved places like there can be good in this it's just a question of is it worth this good to say well the alternative we're willing to give x y and z up for a b and c and we don't have that x y and z information for the city i think to make a really good educated decision about it outside of the fact that it's just one rfp i got questions i got so so many questions then of course i hate to say it go ahead put it out there come on six street Oh, let's bring up our history of boondoggles, shall we? So let's talk really quick about, because I've already seen people saying it. This is another Sixth Street Marketplace. Uh It probably doesn't help that it literally includes Sixth Street Marketplace. I swear that project is just burned into the minds of Richmonders. And I think it really does cause a lot of anxiety. And I will give, you know, I will give some moment of like, this is not the same. It doesn't, and it doesn't have to be the same. And I think that we need to learn from the mistakes of our past and really understand why did that fail and how do we avoid that failure. So one big difference is that the Sixth Street Marketplace, the money was going to be paid back. It's actually more similar to the Redskins training camp oh than it actually is to this project north of Broad, the Knob. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all did a bang up job naming this thing. Let me just tell you. First of all, like the tax side of it and the payment. So Sixth Street Marketplace, the plan was to pay for it based off of the tax revenue generated from the businesses and their sales, which was also part of the whole Redskins thing where with the Redskins training camp, it was partially being paid for by like the rentals. So it has to not just be that there's an existing entity, like in this situation, it's yeah. an existing property where you're getting a property tax where that's a guaranteed amount of money. Where Whereas those were very, very, very variable because they're based on the success of those two entities. So first of all, like you know, when we talk about financing, I think that's one very, very big difference between this situation and Sixth Street Marketplace. There's also a whole, whole bunch of drama around how they did Sixth Street Marketplace. Like there were lawsuits, the whole like glass thing that involved lawsuits. like heating issues. Yep, There's like no a whole proper bunch HVAC. Of stuff. Yeah, it was a mess. 
But I think one of the big lessons that we should probably take away, and this is based on way more reading than I probably should have done. Oh, my gosh. That 100-page <laughs> MIT. There's, somebody did a dissertation on Sixth Street Marketplace from MIT. They did. And, and it's 100 pages. And it made my brain as, come uh, out of my ears, but it was really fascinating. I read it long. three times. <laughs> Good Lord. It's of long course you hell. did, Jesse. I know. But uh. seriously, if you do get a chance and you're super interested and super nerdy like we are, Give it a read because it is a fascinating piece of history and it is so comprehensive about how we went from the beginning of Sixth Street Marketplace to its demise. Yeah, and I think that, you know, some of that, one of the big takeaways, and even the person who created the Marketplace concept, this dude, I think it's James Russo or that Rouse. Right. Rouse, yeah. yeah. James Rouse. Um, he actually even said something along the lines of, like, in this process, Richmond cannot forget and lose sight of addressing the basic needs of the city. And the basic needs of the city, he included things like housing, crime, infrastructure. And if you look at how we funded Sixth Street Marketplace, part of it was based off of taking money from community block grants, which were things that were already in place for organizations that were doing th positive things, taking that money and then paying money towards building Sixth Street Marketplace. That was so painful. It was, it was, it was a little Robin Hood situation, mm -hmm. um, except like a reverse Robin Hood because yes. you're not, you're helping the job. Anyway, so, <laughs> so robbing Peter to pay Paul, if you will. There um, you go might be a better example That's but one you're of our taking favorite that phrases money. around here and then on top of all of that it's all based on like we're going to get a revenue from potential retail sales yeah potential but then on top of it, what they said is that you can't just build a development like this. And some of the numbers that were in that proposal were really based on not people who live and work down there having uh -huh. success. It was about attracting people from the counties. From other places to come in. Because if you think there's actually a successful, a very successful marketplace concept that many of us might know of, it's in Boston, Faneuil Hall. That's a tourist attraction. That was the kind of concept that they were trying to go for in this. And you, who right now is going to say, you know where I'm going to go? Down there. Right. From the Sounties. So, Friday. you know, I think that one of the big lessons that we have to think about is what is, what's the attraction and what do we need to do to make this an attractable place to not just people from the county to come to, to use the services here, but also how do we get just more people downtown in that area? And there are absolutely differences now where maybe like Broad Street has more development. Mm -hmm. There are more people that are in and out of it. Um, you know, this would bring things like a VCU medical office building that would bring people in and out of it so maybe that's part of an attraction yet another one but when you're talking about commercial space uh, the, this blues armory the local food market music clubs to me we, we probably should start with things like housing because people need to just be down there i mean we it have a, a fully like... functional building right next door that number we're not using <laughs> the convention center is right next door <laughs> i mean just saying but it seems to me like the way they're starting this development out etc is to attract affluent white millennials duh that's always the attraction but that's the attraction that's what our tourism is focused on you know and so you know that's the issue i'm having that's the main issue i'm having i mean it just feels like we're pushing and, and maybe this is just my feeling because i don't know where the public safety bill like all these different services and the transfer station like yeah, are we, i want to know where all those services are going are we pushing people out and then when we push people out are we even doing this in an order where any of these businesses will be successful. Mm -mm. Right. Well, there's there's absolutely no guarantee of that. And also, you know, I'm not going to die on the hill of gentrification today. Um, <laughs> but it is a concern. Also, the designation of urban areas as blighted, uh, which is essential to TIF implementation, can allow government condemnation of property through eminent domain laws. 
And that creates a whole slew of problems right there. I got questions. <laughs> I, mean, I, I have the same questions right now for the impact. I mean, you're proposing all of this income that's going to come from these businesses. That, But you, meanwhile, we have businesses in Richmond that are closing because of construction that's happening right now. Um, 17th Street Marketplace, by the way. I was yeah. down there today. Oh, the, uh, the farmer's market. Farmer's market. Yeah. That is rough. It's wrecked. I mean, well, but okay, let's talk about that. And it makes it really difficult for people to get to the businesses that are already established. Well, well, well they're closing because mm-hmm. yeah. Sweet Teas, bless their heart, had, you know oh what, fallen out of the ceiling on people because they broke up the marketplace and did all this construction and those rats had to go somewhere. So they're all over the businesses and what's that in that corridor? And the Pulse construction all up and down broad mm-hmm. made businesses suffer. And what's that going, what's this development going to well, they, do? They, they did get a little slow from council that was um, for street beautification and parking initiatives. Because you know what? Hanging plants from light posts really brings back all your business. It helps. It helps. I'm sure Sweet Teas really appreciates that. Very heartwarming. And I think, you know, also having these um, the eateries and commercial space, like for me, I don't know if I can get to a place where the city is involved in financing development like that. Well, because I don't, I, you're competing against the natural organic growth of your existing. And this is one thing that in Sixth Street Marketplace that they did is that they actually, whew, they tried to, this is crazy actually, I think is in Sixth Street Marketplace, they recognized the fact that this might be a competition situation where they needed this to succeed. Mm-hmm. So they actually banned basically competing development in the area and got sued. <laughs> <laughs> and lost mm-hmm. and that's also part of where it's like where'd our money go on but you know I, I don't think that we're going to get to that same situation on this but you know when you're in a place where it's like on the tiff you, this has to succeed because there's so much of it and then you're actively competing like why are we even involved in that piece of it i don't know like does that have to be phase one yeah i don't understand why that's phase one and um and housing housing part of it is 500 oh yeah part of it is housing but i mean i guess you've got to generate the i mean that's but what also it's based though off so of. if you've got mm. eateries coming in we have tons of eateries i read a little a little bit from you carrie can. pfeiffer you can eat your ass off in richmond oh it's yeah absolutely that we are you know kind of on the borderline of being oversaturated with restaurants already you're I gonna mean, add little... like 20 some more in the one thing I will say about like that whole downtown area right there, mm-hmm. specifically, especially around City Hall. Do you know how many times I've gotten to City Hall and I'm like, man, I need I'm a drink. So hungry and there's yeah. nothing there. And all you for... got is Pato's and that closed at four. Yeah. And the that's and the it. poor guy that's sitting outside closing up of the um the city council parking lot when you get there and you're like, no, no, I need that icy. Yeah, everything's closed. But you know, you also think. Shout that's... out to Library of Richmond. I mean, the at Library of Virginia. They have a nice little cafe that's open during the day if you're a worker. That's it. Sorry. But I think that you know when they talk about these apartments, like I've seen apartments where you have the first floor retail space or that kind of. Can, can we somehow the way I think the best way to put this of how I feel about this is actually to quote Lavar. Uh oh. Oh. Everybody groan. It's fine. And Lavar, if you're listening, you can groan too. Yeah. This is actually about the uh, bulk trash situation and not just bulk trash but also the leave cleanup and he made some comment that was basically like this is a cadillac service mm. and richmond ain't got cadillac money nope and the way i feel is this is a cadillac plan yeah how do we get this to like a toyota a hyundai or something like something that's a little bit you know yeah, something reliable oh, with, with Honda. parts easy to find and repair yeah but they they it's expensive we need chevrolet money 
<laughs> Buy American. We got Chevrolet Ford. Hashtag MAGA. <laughs> oh, this is Jesse. This is Francesca. And this is Melissa. And you are listening to RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania. Mania, 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 mania. On WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. Terrible. Yeah, we got we got Chevrolet money, like. You know, like, what y'all talking about? Like, that's my thing is it's like, do you need to have both towers? Like, I want to see more of, you know, we're in the middle of a master planning process that hasn't, the master plan hasn't been released. I mean, we're all assuming that this fits in the master plan, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have this the school funding. We have major infrastructure issues that need to be addressed of, in my mind, infrastructure issues wasn't just like raise Lee Street up. It would be other issues around the city. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm like, you know, do we need every single part of this to make it work? Or can we maybe extend the timeline on some of the back end stuff and stagger more of this to get to a place where I think we all agree that like things that are holding Richmond back would be things like the Coliseum. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Nobody comes here because it's I don't argue that. Y'all need it's to get out of your witness. head that a new Coliseum, though, is going to attract a national sports team. That's well, true. It, it, it probably it, won't. But the, but I tell you whose money we're not going to lose, the Jehovah Witness. <laughs> they are. They have descended on Richmond right now. And here we go. So we're going to get their money forever. So <laughs> Forever. But I think we need to talk about, like, what, what what do we really need? Like, what are the, you know, what is our real, real, real budget? And how do we spread every dollar to make sure that we're getting everybody taken care of? Like, Man, one that's thing, a hard one. That's one a thing total I really, different algorithm. One thing I haven't seen in phase one is my first question, like, going back to that list of the development opportunities of things that they want to hit. Where's Richmond Public Schools in that? Mm-hmm. So something else I found out about, uh, like, reading the downfalls of TIFFs is that approval of these TIF districts can sometimes capture one entity's future taxes without its official input. So, for example, school districts' taxes will be frozen on the action of the city. Yikes. That's not going to help us. Now, I'm not saying that that's part of this or that's what's going to happen, but it's a possibility. I just want a Toyota, something in the you middle want a Toyota. ground. I want, like, I just want a middle ground of, like, a Corolla. A reliable, this a ca- this everyday a car. It's a Cadillac. It's a Lexus. Well, yeah, we want something that makes people feel safe and secure and prosperous and hopeful, but not, like, over the top. I feel like a lot of this is just glitzy glamour over the top. And have ha- have you seen that, Arian? <laughs> well, here's my like, here's my thing. I'm okay with that. Like, I'm fine with that. Let's let's give Leroy that lives under the overpass right there in front of the convention center a little bit more time in his house. He's homeless and he lives there. His name's Leroy. So y'all go see him. Give him a little bit more time there to get himself established. And Dominion, Tom Farrell, give the money to RPS. Can we do that? Is that a is that an is that a Sh- shades of that guy coming to council going? Hey, if you just ask Altria nicely, they'll pay for the schools. I, I'm just saying. Is can Tom Farrell? Can you do that? I mean, I don't know. Like, that's my thing is I really want, God, I feel like I'm about to like quote somebody. Uh-oh. A comprehensive funding plan. <gasps> what? But like, it just I want a comprehensive plan. And like, that's what I think the master plan and just, you know, I the thing is that like, I, when I saw this come out, I like took a couple days and I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to read the stuff about it. I'm not going to read the comments. I still haven't read the comment section. Don't. It's I can't. FYI, because, uh, information for everybody. Don't read the RTD comment <laughs> section if you care about your sanity at all this is from the pits of hell i i wanted to take the time though to really there are a lot of people that are going to be very against this out of principle sure because i mean well like we said before, justifiably out of principle right. very justifiable yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and you know you could sit there and you could run it against dirty dominion money yeah that okay fine 
You could run it with Dominion again. Okay, that's a justifiable okay. concern. All right. You could run it with, um, do we have this money? Justifiable concern. No. A lot of different things here, like have we done well with this in the past? No. Are the oh. proposed commercial businesses coming in going to actually generate revenue? I don't know. Not the way y'all was fussing That's about fine. this damn meal tax. No, y'all ain't trying to spend no money. Business going to go out of business because y'all ain't trying to spend and no like, money. Right. And that's no. where it's like, you know, I think that there's probably this whole like, and that's where I have a concern is that the, the basic needs of the city, the idea behind something like this is that it's going to generate additional, additional revenue through mm-hmm. other taxes to take care of those basic needs. The good news, I think, on this is that if we look at this and say the TIF for all of the concerns, at least the bond payment wouldn't be reliant on the success of the business necessarily yeah, right but i think us to be able to do all of the extras on top of it would right right and that worries me some yeah because it's failed once before and i and it should and it i should wonder everyone yeah and I, I really wonder where it's like can we come to a middle ground on this well i mean because let's go through the things that are good well, on what's, this. Well, because what's the luckily ground? none of this is is um, set in stone, so we can come to a middle ground. This isn't like this is going to happen. Yeah, we're still in the, R- R- uh, the RFP stage. So, but let's let's discuss the middle ground. Yeah, well, let's talk about like so. Let's go with what's good about this. Yeah, like what what would we like? So, Raisley Street. That would be yeah. pretty fantastic, and it would also you know change that landscape to make it safer because it's it, the street is not safe there. Mm-mm. Let's be real. I think um, getting people out of the public safety building that would be a dream providing an actual transfer hub for grtc mm-hmm. would be a huge boon uh, giving us a a state-of-the-art coliseum or you know events venue would be nice and it would generate some revenue you know and housing housing would be fantastic preferably more affordable I was going to say, if it's not affordable, y'all can keep it. I'm yeah. I mean, I, I think we need to increase that. Which uh, Let's talk about the affordable thing really quick because this is a frustration point I have. Sure. Yeah. So this, um, it's less than, I think it was like 7 or 8% of the 2,800 units, which is in the like two to 300 range of apartment units or condos that would be considered affordable housing. So right now, it has been sitting in city council, in the land use committee for over a year, if I remember. Oh, wow. A, a, a resolution from Ellen Robertson, 6th District Councilwoman, to basically request the CAO, Selena Cuffey Glenn, put in place a policy where all development has a, a minimum threshold of affordable housing, anything that gets city incentives. And that threshold's 10%. Okay. If you can't meet 10%, well, don't do go it. back to the drawing board. Don't so, do it. First of all, can we pass that? Yeah. Yeah. Can we just like, go ahead and pass that? Why do they keep cycling? I don't understand why they keep cycling that back through and they keep continuing it, continuing it, continuing it. It's not a huge committee. Like, it could be passed. Because that would have been something that, like, they wouldn't even come to the table with something less than 10% if that was the case. Right. So it's it doesn't just, matter necessarily that um, the mayor is asking for that. They just, they don't have any legal reason to. why they're required to. Do, do we need the, the hotel right this second? Do we need the Blues Armory right this second? Oh, I feel no, like that should out. be phase two, but... I, can we kick that down the line a little bit? I think the hotel probably can wait because there's two or three right there in the next two or three blocks also that hotel the proposed hotel is going to start at 230 dollars a night it's a hyatt mm-hmm. regency a hyatt regency yeah for 230 dollars a night and i'm like if i saw that i'm going to be looking for somewhere else el- somewhere else to go because at least i know the motel six will keep the light on for me if i got a hundred bucks Bye, girl. I, I don't know if it's a hyatt regency i know it's a hyatt brand so i don't know which brand it's going to be at 230 but i mean that's that's pretty steep. Oh, my, it's fa- steep. my face right now is like, what? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like coming right out of the gate with that is a high like this eyeball is, popping. You're right. This is not even a Cadillac of Coliseums. This that tells be you exactly who they are G-wagon. marketing this to. Yeah, this better be a G wagon, right? Like, so do, that's we, a, do we need the commercial space? Do we need the like? I feel like there's things that maybe I'm okay we could. if the commercial space is is affordable commercial space. Where does that exist? But if it's Richmond? 176,000 and 110,000 for new eateries, that's a lot of space. That's a whole lot of all right. And then and, the right, and then and the next thing says that would minority truly change the face of that area, though. I mean, absolutely, because that area is basically governmental. Yeah. That whole area. So this is another question, like. Good point. It's a and governmental area. And homeless park. And okay, so I'm somebody that needs to use city service and I need to go to city hall or I need to go to the John Marshall Courts building in this new world of a new Coliseum, uh, MCV down there, high end, relatively mostly housing, Blues Armory, high end Hyatt. I don't know where my transfer station is a right $15 now. $15 burger. Uh, yeah, so I don't know where my transfer station is right now necessarily in the context of things. I don't know where these other services are, but mm-hmm. am I, as somebody who's a longtime resident of Richmond, comfortable in my downtown going to court in this new world? Mm-hmm. You ain't got no choice. You gotta go to court. You gotta go to court. But I am mean, I comfortable? What could happen? Oh, but it's gonna right. look where, completely different. But where are, where are the rest of my city services? You know that are right there across the street from the courthouse. But am I gonna all of a sudden be sitting in a sea of where I now feel like a, a minority uh, yet again in my own city? City of an, and I'm talking like class minority at this point. Right. Also, of you feel like you stick out like a sore thumb as you're going to court. Well, personally, I'm 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 surprised that we're pro- that's our proposed market with a court smack in the middle of it anyway. Right? Y'all like, want all right. them, y'all want to be around them criminals? Okay. Yeah, that's the other. It's it's that's the other side of it. Of like, really? who's who's like, it's, okay. at what point are people going to have a problem? Mm, I see you. Right, they're yeah. going to start calling the cops. I would assume at some point where they're going to be like, what is like? This is where I I think there's going to be a strife. Oh of man, are we going to have permit patties? Like is sidewalk this, sallies. What does this look like? How does this te- is there tension? Like how does this feel? I, it doesn't really feel great to me to say, hey, these are services that like typically people who have to go in person or people for, to city hall or people yeah. who have to go to court to are, go pay a parking ticket or go to court. Right. For a so. So the have-nots are going to have to walk through a big pile of haves. And the haves are going to have to, how are they going like, to? Yeah, th- these are all really valid questions. You see, ha- you see the haves coming moving in beside the courthouse? And that's the other question. Yeah, that's another question. Would you want to live next to the courthouse? Would you want to pay? And live next to a courthouse and. You know, a couple and, of thousand in rent. And how how much, how many eateries, how many square feet of eateries and retail space? It's like 176,000. And, and the Coliseum, who would hopefully potentially be generating lots of traffic and lots of outside Richmonders to come. It's just, it's an odd, it's an odd setup. Mm-hmm. It's an odd setup and it's Mixed an odd it. dichotomy of, of Richmond intersecting there. And I'm just not sure that it, it's not accommodating for the fact it's yet another thing where I'm, I'm worried. I don't want it to be this way. And that's why I'm saying this now before we get a final proposal or anything is I do worry about the push out of people who have been here in Richmond and not feeling like they have their own place. We've already done that by putting homeless people in the back of a public safety building on a floor that on has a, a cold marble a cold floor. floor that has a, asbestos asbestos black and it's not mold been, and i get it you know caritas is creating a facility but not everybody's gonna be able to get into caritas like no. I, where is that gonna go and caritas has some we've, really strict rules about who can come in and what you can and cannot do to stay like what happened with monroe park where did those people go you know if we we just also i also really just this is like side note. Plaza, same thing <laughs> when, swap them right on down the yeah. street 
Right, and now Dominion. what do we have? We have just a big, wide open, hot, grassy area with no shade, which is definitely conducive to kicking homeless people out. And then I also want to know, like, how does this fit in with our whole new, we just spent how much money on a transit network plan <laughs> to redesign all of our city buses with the pulse in the middle as the backbone and all of these different high ridership. Are we going to have to change that again? Well, remember that that bus hub, that transfer station is temporary. Yeah. Like, so where where is the new so centralized one gonna, going? And how are we going to have to accommodate? And how is GRTC going to have to reconfigure? Am I the only one who thinks that like that should have been part of phase one? At least mentioned in it? Mentioned in it is the transfer hub. I mean, it's so important over there. Mm-hmm. And they are desperately in need mm-hmm. of a real building with real shelters to get out of the weather. Mm-hmm. It, and then I also Broad wonder, Boulevard. like, Put it right there. when we get to this idea of construction hurting businesses, you know, I don't think I saw a date of, like, an estimated, like, an ETA of open date of a coliseum in this situation. Mm-hmm. Nobody no, else saw right. it? No. Sorry, an arena. Um, arena. A knob arena. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think we saw an estimate on it. And I just wonder, like, how fast? Because is there – how fast is it? How strategic is it? I was talking to a business owner down in uh, Chaco Bottom today, actually, and talking about the impact of development on their business because it wasn't just the farmer's market. It was also like at the same time, it, it's it's multiple projects running at the same time that yeah. create all of these different barriers where it's like, hey, Main Street Station, parking issue there. Then you also have the farmer's market. Then you also have the it's, it's totally different projects simultaneously, simultaneously that and ain't nobody got nowhere to park. I mean, and it is development delivered. fatigue down there in Chaco. So, and I just wonder, like, how do we make sure that what, what streets are going to be closed, and what's the time plan on, like, how are we pulling these triggers, and like, how are you detouring and re- all these different things are really, I think, concerns of how do when you, parking is already an issue. I just want to know, like, how do you strategically plan that? out and are we paying attention to that in connection with all of the other projects we have going on i, I can't say that same we time, have like, yet but yeah. i think that it needs to be because i mean we had businesses closed because of that construction down there in the Shaco area for me i'm honestly i'm not i'm not fully opposed to development in this area well uh-uh. no because it's no, clearly it needs needed to be something and i'm not going to be opposed to, be right. to dominion necessarily i'm not i'm not opposed it's just for me to say this is something that i want to support and believe in and think this is a good idea i what i need to see in my opinion at least for myself you need to see is more receipts. i i need to see the actual plans and and what is the whole plan of what our city would look like as far as wh- where would we be developing you know get a little bit more nitty-gritty of you know hey these are the places and how this is and even if you can't get down to the weeks like how are you going to make sure that projects are not simultaneously closing places down right. but then also a funding plan for how are we going to be able to fully fund schools how are we going to be able to have city infrastructure changes i need some impact studies what what's a plan that maybe isn't all of these things but is the most important parts of these things where's the compromise because I think there's stuff that's legitimately needed. Sure, absolutely. That area has been hard up for a long time. And so the idea of a big development coming in and revitalizing the area is exciting to some. But as we've discussed, it's very frightening to a lot of other people. I feel like this development, this proposal, needs to go forward in the most sensitive and transparent way possible. This is a chance to do something like this right with public input. Like, you had. You have another shot, (laughs) Richmond, come on. You have another shot to 
involve the community in changing their narrative. So don't waste it. How did you guys feel about um, in... I think Mark's article, Mark Robinson article, it mentioned the that they could not meet and guarantee the thresholds of 40% minority businesses oh. involved in the development. So before before we get there, let me let me let me put this out there of like facts of information of so something that apparently happened based on like our reading of Sixth Street Marketplace is that there was like a legitimate they had issues they were f- to fulfill that requirement they were like struggling to find people to basically force a quota. But that was like back in the day. I don't okay, think that well, they would have to I don't struggle understand. to find minority. Um, right like I don't contractors now because I'm trying to think of like why can't they do that and then I have a question of saying okay if that if the reason that they feel like they can't do that and complete that 40 percent is because we don't have like hey well hey let's cite this or this concern or whatever how do we fix that because you know one of the big issues that I've always seen this is not a city of Richmond issue this is a state of Virginia issue Mm -hmm. is what it takes to be a class a contractor Mm -hmm. oh man liquid capital and that's the biggest thing honestly is liquid Mm -hmm. capital i want to say it's at least fifty thousand dollars in liquid capital for you to get your class a contractor license in addition to like apprenticeships and time that you've been doing it and the only way to get some of these things is the class a contractor license and Mm -hmm. you know class b i think you have a little bit less liquid capital class c you don't really have any liquid capital. capital So if we have a problem where there's not enough minority business owners that do construction and can be involved in this, that's a problem we should be fixing first. Absolutely. And if we've got this standard, or we, we have to f- be able to meet the standard. They could always call our uh, resident architect. Oh, y'all don't find that funny? Okay, fine. What's y'all Lawrence Williams. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I am an architect. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> Oh, that's no, a good no. one. Tell me a second. I was just like, did that just really happen? Did we just go Lawrence Williams at this moment? Like, all right. That is, like, that's a deep cut, y'all. Just saying. I mean, but is, it's is, true, is it like, an acceptable answer to say, I can't fulfill this, and I don't want to reduce the quality of, like, the competition and stuff? Is, well, that, is that fair to ever is say? Is there an issue of going outside Brandon of the head, no, city? No. Is there an outside uh, issue of going outside the city, like to the counties, to find the minority contractors? Is that a problem? It didn't say that they had to be from Richmond. Say, I think it said they had to be from Richmond. They just, just had have to be, be minority. minority. So then, so somebody please tell me why they can't meet that. Well, it, I think it comes back down to if if it's truly an issue of like with Sixth Street Marketplace, if because it, it didn't say exactly why. Honestly, right? That's what there's no real reasoning behind was, their statement. Yeah, I have to assume that they're making a statement or assumption that hey it would be really hard to make sure it would become down to like it's such a high number and quotas and stuff like okay so i don't think we should be accepting of we can't fulfill a number of quota so you guys need to reduce it let's ask why if it's if it's the contractor license issue how do we do there's a, a bigger problem in our community right now that needs to be addressed first hey office of community wealth building what you gotta say? And I mean, I hmm. part of me, like you know, I I think I understand why you need liquid capital. I think um, so that in theory you're not robbing. I can say it again, robbing Peter to pay Paul. That you're not gonna be a contractor that gets stuck in a situation where you're yeah. taking money from one house and just having to pull it over here. Da 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 da. But like, these are all really valid questions. Yeah, we have the standard set. I want to know their. I do. I want to know their reason 
um, for not being able to meet that. I, I think that would be, I'm not sure why that wasn't included. Like why they're given a pass to not have to explain that. I don't think they're given a pass. I think it's, again, like this is from a FOIA request. So it was an email conversation so, of oh. like, so what it was, was basically there's like an email exchange that Mark had gotten from FOIA where it was the city asked questions that was like, but why can't you do this? And they gave some like, well, it's this and hitting this and did it. it, it yeah. The way it read to me was like, but it's hard though. It's too hard. Yeah, it's, it's too hard, hard for so we're going to deal in vagaries and everybody's going to be okay with it. Right. And we can't commit. Yeah. Because I, we, we don't, don't want to set ourselves up for that again because we couldn't do it the first time. Which, that's actually a funny statement, Fran. We couldn't do it the first time. Hmm. So let's who, try this again. Who was the chairman of the project that... Um, came up with like the model and like did all of the stuff like for Sixth Street Marketplace. Does anybody know? It was the CEO of the company uh -huh. that became Dominion. Oh. <laughs> uh -huh. Vepcon. Uh -huh. Yeah. Vepco. Yes. Vepco. Oh, my dad always called it Vepcon because every time he opened that bill, he's like, dang it, Vepcon again. I just think it's it's just, it's funny Vepco. to me that like, again, who are the companies that are here? Uh -huh. And want to have the, that kind of money to be to put out there like that and so in that situation and actually this is another difference with Sixth Street Marketplace is that basically the chairman was involved in coming up like helping basically find uh, figure out what do you want to do and come up with plans da 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 whatever then there was this company that was like severely undercapitalized and so then they get into financial issues and the city ends up having to get more money so there is part of me that does say well this is a bit sketch but at the same time I mean Dominion something backed by the CEO and all the people that are like the big number of people of like the people none of us really want deep down but at the they same time money. they got money they got money you know that money's gonna be there and if we went but I only just, so many places you can go that they got the money unless you go outside the city and you're actually prospecting and yeah. i just wonder like right. can we we're gonna have to go through that process either way to get people to come into this this arena situation i know uh, did you, you didn't want an arena you crop no do they have rainbow cookies yes <laughs> rainbow cookies at the concession oh. you crop Let's do it. Rainbow cookies for life. So what do you guys think about, did you guys see that, uh, I also saw that part of this now where we're at is that things that have also come out is that Stoney's administration has contracted a company to, for like $100,000 or so, to basically review mm -hmm. this proposal. And then at the same time, and it's allegedly completely unrelated, the same company was part of a group who put out basically a list of like the top places for a professional arena team that they could go, not a professional arena team, but a professional team to go into an arena, top market. Yeah. And the markets were absolutely based on things of like viewership and all of this different stuff where it doesn't surprise me that Richmond made the list. I think we're like number three. Of course we did because we were in the prospect on your same other committee. But at the same time, it did. It was super clear to say like this does not mean these places are getting a professional That's why I'm saying y'all need to calm down in these comment sections thinking y'all going to be getting some you professional ba basketball team or something. Chill. They want Hi. hockey, girl. Well, I, mean, hockey. I, I was going to say, do you know what I really, really want? The Richmond no, Renegades No, tell back. me what you want. What you really, really want. Bring the Renegades back. I miss the Renegades. Like, I do miss the Renegades. Like, I was like, friends are really like, they want hockey. I know, because I, I know, want hockey. I know, because I will totally go watch some hockey. <laughs> All right, so let's go with, like, some final comments here. I just want to get everybody's kind of, like, final thoughts on how they feel about this knob development. What do you think, Fran? I just think that in situations like this with where we find our city, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You know, there's only so many places the money can come from. Y'all, can we say the B word? Mm. Okay. Y'all complain and moan, you know, about the meals tax or a cigarette tax or any of this kind of tax or increasing the property value tax or increasing your, whatever it is, it's always a problem. And so it's never going to be perfect for everybody, but we have to find a way, one, to generate revenue. Is this a perfect plan? No. However, you can't keep 
keep complaining either about where the money's coming from because we only have but so many options if we're going to be lazy and not look at other avenues so we got what we got we put an r uh, an rfp out and we got this one thing coincidentally you know now is the time I, I don't think the order of what phase one entails makes sense to me but i mean who am i i'm just you know some girl on Twitter, uh, you know, it just doesn't make perfect sense to me. And the target audience seems a bit risky for Richmond, for where we are right now. And this whole plan is just a little bit since we haven't fully funded schools. Like, mm -hmm. can we get that comprehensive plan first? Like, I don't really care that we don't have a Coliseum. I really don't, you know. We get a good every once in a while. We get a good concert at the national, like I mean. And I was about to say, I'm cool with the national. Yeah, no, nobody, nobody's coming to the it's nice, nice, intimate, you know, stand on lean kind of situation got going on there, you know. But we're not attracted. Beyonce's not coming to Richmond, y'all. It's just not going to happen. Even if we get this new stadium, Beyonce's not coming to Richmond. I just want y'all to understand that and know it's okay. It's fine realistic expectations you know i'm just yeah that, that's all i'm saying we're not we're probably not going to get a, a big national team that's okay too not right now i wish the same the people had the same enthusiasm about the prospect of going to this new creating this new arena and all the revenue it's going to drive in when we were asking for an increase on the mills tax to send your kids and your neighbor's kids to a better public school that's all i'm saying what do you think melissa in the essence of time since we're running out of it i'll be as brief as i can i'm just gonna say if we're gonna do this TIF thing, do it right, everyone involved. Be available for scrutiny and questions. Don't be shady. Do this whole deal out in the open. I think I agree with both of you guys. Um, I think the way I would probably put it for myself is that we, we, we should not operate as a city in silos of development. And that means looking at the big picture of all of it together, comprehensive, putting every piece of the puzzle together, which would be, what is the school funding plan? What's the new city master plan? What would be the construction plan? What's the, the development of all of this and progress for them? And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, we as a city and the residents of the city are a lot smarter and able to rationalize than our, our government thinks that we are and acts like we are, because I think that we're all big girls and boys and everything in between, everything outside of that. We're big people. Here. Yeah. And we have our, our big people britches on. And I think that we can look and see, you know, hey, we're giving on this, but we have to take on this mm -hmm. and make a good informed decision when, we, when we're able to see and we're given the entire picture of it. You know, I look at, for example, to go back and say the meals tax, you know, the way that I arrived to my personal support of the meals tax was really to sit there and look at what are the other options? And what is the reality of those options? Because it's a nice thing to say, of say, hey, we're gonna cut the money and city council's gonna cut the money. But historically, it ain't happening. It's a nice thing to say that, hey, these other items are gonna happen. And I think that that's where our elected leaders, all of them, and this is probably in every aspect of government, I feel this way, is let's see the entire picture and then figure out where can we meet not in the Cadillac, not in walking away from the lot and refusing to do anything, but how can we walk out of here with like a sensible car with good gas mileage? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's going to get us where we need to go and down the path to the next freaking stop. That's a great way to put it. And on that note, RPS is still not fully funded. Boom. Woo, squeaking in just under that 60-minute mark. All right, so hope you enjoyed that show today. And if you want to talk about it, hit us up across all social media at RVA Dirt. You've been listening to RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania, recorded in the studios of WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. Until next time, Richmond, stay classy and stay involved.